Welcome back, folks. This episode of Ask a Black Guy is brought to you by our brand spanking new sponsor, Stateside Vodka. Go smooth. Stateside Vodka. So I got a chance to look at their menu the other day, and these guys are fucking hilarious. I mean, like they're very colorful, very spontaneous, very upbeat group of people. I have their drink list in front of me. If you're a hockey fan, they have a cocktail called the Dirty Gritty. There's another cocktail called Basic as Fuck. <laughs> That's for you, basic white women. There's a there's a fucking cocktail called John Snow. John, like you're from Philly, and John Snow, like Game of Thrones. God. I don't know if you like Game of Thrones. G-O-T. I love Game of Thrones. My favorite fucking drink on this list. Artichoke me daddy. You who comes up with these names? You gotta go to Stateside Vodka. My favorite drink is Corn Hub. <laughs> Dude, Stateside Vodka is the fastest growing craft spirit company in Pennsylvania. And better than that, they are located in uh, Old Kensington, Philadelphia, 1700 Hancock Street. You gotta get down there. When the uh, world opens back up, get down there, order one of these specialty drinks. The vodka seven times distilled, certified gluten-free. Super smooth, gluten-free vodka. But right now you can order it online. So go to statesidevodka.com and use the Ask a Black Eye code, AABG10, and you can get 10% off your order. You can go pick it up or they'll deliver it to you. Again, that code is AABG10, statesidevodka.com. Stateside Vodka. Drink responsibly, people. Or not. It's got electrolytes in it. You're good. Hydrate. Hello again, friends. Welcome back to another installment. Ask a black guy. Ask a black guy. Although the show ain't, or is not just about asking a black guy. Like we go back and forth. This show ain't. (laughs) I tried to fix it. As soon as we got on the mic, I destroyed it. This show ain't about that. Mm hmm. I reckon. Oh, run like Sling Blade? Mm hmm. I reckon. That was a weird movie. Mm hmm. Yeah. I didn't do it. <laughs> that sounded exactly like him. Yeah, no shit. I'm who, good. I'm good at impersonations. Who was that? Who's the I actor? I, I, well, you know how well we are when it comes to Googling actors. <laughs> we're not very. Oh, yeah. We don't have, yeah, you fucked that up real good. <laughs> we don't have a very good. Uh, we're zero and one also. on that. Hmm. It is what it is. We fixed it. Sorry, Roger Mosley. It was. No, it was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you were confused again. I saw I, it in your I eye. Look at it like. A, oh. Good afternoon. Uh, all right. How you doing? I don't know, man. I feel a little weird. I need, I feel like I need a massage, like a deep tissue massage. Why are you looking at me all weird? But when you're saying that, I don't want you to touch me. Not with those bony ass fingers. <laughs> I need like somebody like you know deep tissue. Like that's what I need. Oh. I was at like a Bass Pro Shop the other day. Don't ask me why. But uh, they allowed you in there. Well, 
they did give me funny looks when I walked through the door. But yeah, they didn't say anything. Dude, they got like this uh, massage gun that was like 600 bucks. It felt so good. I just can't justify spending $600 on a, a massage gun. Dude, was, I don't even know what that is. It's like this gun that like pulsates and it's like this piston that goes up and down. And then like it, it's like a vibration massage almost. It, it just sounds nice. like you're describing some sort of a like powered dildo. What? That's what that sounded like. It was what? a piston back and forth. I mean, what do you, what? Yeah. When you were describing it, that's what it sounded like. I a, think a massage gun mm-hmm. for deep tissue massages. Mm-hmm. Sounds very sexual. Sounds to you like a powered dildo. Yeah. I'm not backing off that. Yikes. I'm just letting you know. Ladies and gentlemen, I I want to uh, formally apologize for Slim's behavior. I don't know what's gotten into him. What the? Power dildo? <laughs> fuck you. No, fuck you. And <laughs> your power dildo. It's a massage gun, you fucking pervert. All of a sudden, we're recording in the afternoon now, and you got all kinds of energy. You're coming off a I'm runner's high? I'm not a morning person. Oh, there's no runner's high. It's a runner's low. I hate running. <laughs> I hate running, but I'm not a morning person. I hate waking up in the morning. I'm not an early riser. I'm a night owl. I'm up to 3, 4, 5 a.m. every night. Dude, I got no sleep last night. Two hours. Why? At best. I don't know. You ever had those nights? Where All you the just, time. I need a new mattress. I'm just like staring at the ceiling. I got nothing really running through my head. And I uh, just can't fall asleep. I watched the entire movie old school. Hmm. Then I started watching some really weird show called 411 Missing. And it's um, it's about this guy who's compiled a bunch of data about missing people, typically hunters. And he's established a fact pattern, similar fact pattern, over 1,200 cases throughout the country. And uh, it was real creepy. It had an underlying tone, although he never said it, of UFO abduction. Here we go with this shit. Okay. Wait. Mm-hmm. Okay, look, I'm listening. Wait. I'm listening. I'm listening. Go. You don't you don't believe in that. You need to watch the show, bro. Okay. Some creepy ass shit. Mm-hmm. There's aliens out there. Okay? Mm-hmm. I need you to nod your head in agreement with me. Let me ask you a question. Twelve hundred cases. Yeah. Out of those 1,200 cases, how many of those people were black? <laughs> Just There's answer one. <laughs> There's none. Not one. So you mean to tell me? That's a fact pattern in and of itself. Is this legit with 1,200 people and none of them were black? <laughs> no, I don't know if, they're, if none of them were black, but... I could pretty much... <laughs> Be 100% positive none of them were black. If I'm a betting man, oh, I'm going with that. Y- yeah. Mm. <laughs> so you watch the show about white people going into the woods and never turning up. Straight again. up disappearing. And they all had very similar backgrounds. The incident it's, and, and the facts surrounding the incident were all very similar. Um, he's, he, he puts on a good argument and a good fact pattern for all these. And these are all unsolved 
sometimes the victims were recovered. Sometimes they weren't. Um, but very often people just up and disappeared. They were with somebody one second, the next second they weren't clothing items. Nothing could be found vanished in the thin air. Mm. Very bizarre. So the victims that were found, I'm assuming they were deceased. They were all dead. Yeah. To show how they died. Several days later. Well, like one instance, this chick was found. Um, she disappeared. Her and her husband went on a hike. She, they separate. She goes and chasing an animal or something to try to get a picture. Then vanishes. Four days later, she comes up five miles north of where they were, somewhere in New Mexico, Santa Fe. And uh, no clothes on, clothes on, and laying in a fetal position in a creek. But no wounds, nothing. And the medical examiner said a lot of contradictory things to the way that the actual body was discovered. So it, it left a lot of questions. What was the, uh, the, the year? I mean, what was the um, uh, season of the year? Was it like winter time? No. It was it may, maybe fall. I think it was fall, November. So the reason I'm asking, <clears throat> they found her naked and in a fetal position. Uh, and I don't know what the climate was in New Mexico. I don't know what it is at nighttime. Uh, but hypothermia, when hypothermia kicks in, one of the stages is right before you die, like you start to get hot. So people start taking their clothes off. They take mm-hmm. all their clothes off and then they die. Right. The uh, medical examiner did call it exposure, essentially. Same thing, hypothermia. But in the same report, said something about how she wasn't in water but she was discovered in water completely in water so there's some inconsistency it's a bunch of weird shit going on watch the show i recommend it she wasn't in water or they didn't find water in her like lungs well no like even her skin didn't look like it was in water you know have if a dead body's in water for a while it'll have a different consistency huh all right anyhow that's what i did till 2 30 3 o'clock in the morning when I finally fell asleep. And you can't figure out why the fuck you can't sleep. Because you got aliens snatching people out the fucking woods, <laughs> running around in your goddamn head. No, I wouldn't be able to sleep either. <laughs> fucking guy. Jeez. Oh, it's horrible. I hate not sleeping. Because that's the weird shit I end up getting into. Mm. Okay. That happens to you? No. No. You can sleep. No, I can't sleep at night. I'm not I'm not a nighttime sleeper. I sleep when the sun's up. Like a vampire. Like I literally have to take melatonin at night to try to go to sleep. And a lot of times that doesn't even work anymore. I'm not a nighttime person. A night sleeping person. I'm a night owl. See, I'm not. But uh when I can't fall asleep it drives me crazy. Yeah. Cause then I just obsess over it. Well, when in doubt, rub one out. Doesn't work either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible <laughs> alright man let's get into these topics <laughs> uh, 
All right. We're just going to hit this in order? What? Uh, yeah, let's go. Who do you want to hit first? Um, let's do the all lives matter thing. All lives matter, 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 matter. All lives matter, dude. Every one of them. I hear it. I hear it right now. I hear people revving up the tweet engine, hating on me. You're absolutely right. All lives do matter. We're about to get canceled. But all lives aren't the ones that are being taken by police officers at a high number than other lives. So this uh, topic was actually brought up specifically concerning the announcer for the Sacramento Kings mm-hmm. who tweeted something out that's... I think he just said all lives matter. Somebody asked him about what he thought about the Black Lives Matter movement, and he said all lives matter. Mm-hmm. He got fired for that, essentially. I think okay. he actually ended up resigning, but they obviously pressured him out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if saying something like that well, should end a career. Here's you know? the thing. All lives matters. This is true. But all lives matter and blue lives matter didn't come up until people started saying Black Lives Matter. Nobody gave a shit about it. So it was actually an intentional uh, retaliation to people saying Black Lives Matter. So, And I find it curious mm-hmm. that instead of people saying, when people say Black Lives Matter, instead of them saying, well, why are you saying Black Lives Matter? Oh, because black people keep getting killed at an alarming rate by the police versus any other race. Um, so instead of them saying, oh, well, how about we take a look at it? People just became petty, said, well, blue lives matter. All lives matter. I agree, all lives do matter, but all lives aren't under attack. And when it comes to blue lives matter, that's bullshit. I believe blue lives matter, but you're you're not born blue. You're not born, you're not born a cop. You're not born with a uniform. You can take that uniform off at the end of the day and be a normal person. Guess what you can't take off? Being black. You can't, that's not something I didn't choose to be black. I'm not ashamed of it, but it's not. I don't get paid for being black. I didn't wake up and say, you know what? Today, I want to be black for 30 years. Let me put in a 30 year career of being black, and then I get to retire, and then I can be something else. No, so I'm not really trying to. Police officers, I have nothing but the utmost respect for what you do. Your job is very dangerous. It's very complicated. It's, it's one of the hardest jobs, harder than being a goddamn politician. Uh, you think being a politician is hard? <laughs> Probably did you, not. Did you, did you but, see some of these morons, these congressional but, uh, representatives? But I don't want. I don't want to come off as saying that you know, or as like a, I hate the police. I'm a police hater. No, I'm one of your most biggest advocates, hands down. Um, but I don't want to hear blue lives matter because th- being a police officer is a choice. You can wake up today and say, no, I don't want to be a police officer. Or you can go home at the end of the shift and take your uniform off. You can't do that being black. You can't? No, it's not, a, it's not an option. Huh. You, you can't just choose not to be black. You can't take your skin off and hang it up somewhere hmm. and, and put on something else. So blue lives matter. That's petty. All lives matter. That's petty, too. Because all lives are important, but all lives aren't under attack. Like I said before, I think we talked about like episode one or two. If a house is on fire and the fire department comes to put the fire out, 
They focus on the house that's on fire. That house is under attack. They don't say, oh, all houses matter. Let's spray water on all the houses. It's unnecessary. The other houses aren't under attack. The house that's under attack is this black house that has the fire on it. Let's put out the fire. So why are we not focusing our efforts of putting out the fire? Why are we saying all houses matter? Black lives are the one they're under attack right now. All lives do matter. Yes, they do. But you're only saying it out of fucking, you know, uh, to be petty or just just to, you know, antagonize people. Because you, you already know how much of a hot button that is. Yeah, so but people me, choose to use it anyway. Let me say something crazy. Go for it. Do you think that when Black Lives Matter was coined, it didn't have that same exact intention? Because yes, listen, it, no, it, it it had the intention. Let me, you know, but let me finish what I'm thinking. If 20 years ago, if somebody came up to me or said, or I'm going to start a movement called Black Lives Matter, I'm going to look at you and be like, of course Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And of course, majority of America believes that. No, they don't. Oh, s- dude. Come no, on. they don't. No, they don't. We wouldn't have it. Well, let me let me let me fix yeah, that. I wouldn't say fair. majority of America don't believe that. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. I would say a lot of America don't. They don't give a fuck. Because look, this is what I'm saying. I, you're saying if you would saying, saying if you would have came back and somebody said that to you 20 years ago, yeah, it would be irrelevant. It, it would be relevant then as it is now. Because like I said before, the same problems that we're having now are the same problems that we're having in the 80s. In the 70s, in the 60s, in the 40s, in the 20s. This isn't new. I know. The only thing that's new is as it's being recorded and it's being brought to more attention that people are being to see it now. This isn't new. No, my point being is that it was such an obvious statement that you can't disagree with it. Nobody disagrees with the the three words people, Black Lives Matter. I I what well, I disagree I with. This. I, I challenge you this. You say nobody disagrees, but when you tell people and you ask them, do you think black lives matter? They respond with all lives matter. They never say yes. That's not true. They so, never say, they, ne- they never say, Trump, I, when they ask Trump, when they ask Trump, Trump didn't say it. Trump said all lives matter. When they ask Pence, Pence didn't say it. Pence said all lives matter. Ask people who don't support or don't believe in the black lives matter uh, movement. Ask them, do you think Black Lives Matter? They won't tell you yes. They'll say all lives matter. Well, the movement can be different than those three words. And see, I think that's where a politician like Pence or Trump doesn't want to give into that. Well, if, what about regular people? You can see it all on, on YouTube all day long. Well, if somebody asks me, my answer to that always is, of course, I believe Black Lives Matter. I believe my life matters. I believe my family's life matters. I believe yeah, everyone's life say, matters. Of course, Black Lives Matter. People will not say that. Like, I don't, I don't know, know if you. I don't know if you I looked don't know at, about that. No, look at the, look at the tape. What do you mean, Donna? You can YouTube right now. Pull up any news affiliates. People mm-hmm. being asked if Black Lives Matter. There are people that won't say it. They'll just say all lives matter. All and you know who a lot of them are. A lot of right wing people. Mm-hmm. A lot of white people, they will not say it. And this is the problem. Like, yo, 
we have this problem for decade after decade after decade after decade. Enough. We're fucking tired of it. And if you don't want to get on board and say, okay, there's a problem, then go fuck yourself. You don't have to. But we're, we're at the point where we're done shucking and jiving. We're done being the nice, calm fucking Negro and just falling in line and shit keep happening to us over and over again. I'm the tired shucking, of that shit. The shucking and jiving statement, anytime yeah. you say that, it makes me laugh. Well, I'm just saying. Because <laughs> I'm a child. Listen, bro, I'm terrified. I am literally terrified. What are, what are you terrified of? Because I'm a black man in America. There's a lot of shit in this country that's set up against me right now. Period. Specifically, what are you afraid of? Oh, you mean besides the police? Specifically. What you mean besides? What I, I told you, you last of? episode, I've had more police officers point guns at me than anybody in my life. And I don't, I've never been arrested. I'm not a street, street boy. I'm not a corner boy. I don't, I don't I break the law. talked about that like last time. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, and I'm afraid of that. I'm. I think about my father. You know, I think about my son. I think about my nephews. I think about my cousins. And you're afraid that they're going to get shot by police? Or are you af- like, what are you specifically? Are you afraid of? That is one. That is one of my fears. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Yes, I am. What do you do to mitigate that? I don't know. Is there? I have, I have no idea. Because you know, is, it's it's very. It's I'm saying very, you personally. I, I don't know because I see how white people interact with police officers and I see how black people interact with police officers and I see how police interact with black people and white people. And it's completely different. White people curse a fucking cop out left and right and almost nothing happens to them. Black people, you don't get that option. You start getting loud, fucking hands get put on you. I don't know. I mean, I, I've had a close family member who has been arrested a couple times, mouthing off to cops. He's as white as I am. It happens. It's not. This isn't. It's not anecdotal. Slim. It's not anecdotal. Look at the evidence. You can. You can. You can pull up millions of videos and look at how the interaction is completely different. Mm-hmm. Completely different amongst communities and amongst races. Period. Like it's just. I can. I can tell you for a fact. I've seen how police. Uh, police white neighborhoods. How they do black neighborhoods. How to do rich neighborhoods, how to do poor neighborhoods and middle class neighborhoods. Perfect example, when they did the stop and frisk. You think they would stop and frisk little white boys in, in white suburban neighborhoods? Fuck no. They did that shit in the city where black people was at. They didn't do that shit in the suburbs. Suburbs. But they would stop and frisk a white kid who stands out in the middle of, in, in the middle of Harlem in New York. And black clearly in a drug and black in, in a drug neighborhood. So you're just profiling people. Based on what they look like, because of the neighborhood. So, like I said, there is a difference in how you fucking. Uh, that's human nature. Police. No, no, that's bullshit. That, it's a different because you're treating it's them just differently. An now. No, it's different. So, like I said before, there's a difference how police, um, police black people and white people and black neighborhoods and white neighborhoods. But watch this, and it's a society societal thing. So this is just the, just just for the listeners right now, just so I can prove a point, and I'll see if it goes this way. Well, I probably shouldn't say that because now I probably tainted it. There are white neighborhoods that I don't feel comfortable going in. That when I go in, I know police are going to call to me. 
I can't walk through the streets, you know, without blinds closed, or I can't walk People the streets out. without without having a problem. Mm-hmm. There are na- there are white neighborhoods. Or that I can't walk through the street without having a problem. Would right? they confront you, or would they call cops? What are They'll you afraid call of? Cops on me. Probably call the cops on me. Okay. But that alone is is even worse than them confronting me, because now you call people with firearms to come talk to me, and I I haven't done anything but walk through your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as though there are black neighborhoods that you can't walk through? Oh yeah. For sure. Where? If I was just by myself. Yeah. And not with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because I've walked through some neighborhoods with you. That I, I feel more comfortable with, with you. And why? Than I was by why? Myself. Describe describe this neighborhood to me. Uh, you want me to say the name of the neighborhood? No, you can say the name of neighborhood if you know the name. I, I guess it's so just north of Girard. I don't actually don't know the name so of like it. North Philly. Yeah, North Philly, north so of Girard. Describe like what the neighborhood looks like. Describe what the neighborhood looks like. Row homes. Um, I don't know. Pretty run down. So Def- the ghetto. Definitely blue collar. I don't know if this would be considered ghetto, but close to it. Close to the ghetto. Yeah. All right. Now, I'm glad you said that. I don't want to lead you, mm-hmm. you know, but... This is a trap. Total trap. But this, is, this, is, this is what I'm saying. This is how society has trained every individual and the police that work in these neighborhoods. Is it culture or is it human nature? So, this is what I'm saying. The neighborhoods that I'm talking about that I can't walk through mm-hmm. are affluent white neighborhoods. The neighborhoods that you're talking about, you can't walk through, are ghettos where mm-hmm. high crime is at. I can't walk through those neighborhoods if I'm not from them. But when you think of black neighborhoods that you can't walk through, you think of ghetto, crime-riddled neighborhoods. When I think of neighborhoods I can't walk through, I'm talking about affluent, white neighborhoods, million-dollar houses. And we both have that, oh, I shouldn't be here feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, the the But when I ask you... And and not to, you know, point a finger at you, but this is the common consensus of most white people. But mm-hmm. when I ask you to describe a neighborhood you can't walk through, you didn't talk about a black affluent neighborhood. You talked about a ghetto, crime riddled area. And this these are the cultural bias that people have all the time. And a lot of these people are police officers who aren't from these areas. Explain to me why it's a cultural bias. Because because easily like when I like like when I just said, because I would feel just as uncomfortable in a real shitty white neighborhood. Right, but I didn't ask you about a shitty neighborhood. I asked you describe a black neighborhood you would feel comfortable walking through. Okay, but so I did that, and you automatically went to a ghetto. I'm talking about an affluent white neighborhood. I didn't say shit about a a white ghetto if if they exist. Oh, they like, exist. Stop it. But uh, but I'm saying is that like, I didn't say I wouldn't feel uncomfortable walking through. There. I'm saying I have problems walking through affluent white neighborhoods. That's the problem. Like I know I'm going to get confronted. You're talking about getting confronted also, but in in the hood, if you're not from that neighborhood, everybody's going to get confronted from the hood. So what I'm trying to get people to understand is when we talk about the cultural differences about what you have to be afraid of and what I have to be afraid of, I have to be afraid of being approached by police, minding my fucking business in a rich white neighborhood. You have to be afraid of walking through the hood, getting approached by some fucking street thug because you don't fucking belong there. Okay. So, but isn't that just a human nature thing? I feel no, uncomfortable because I'm not no. around my people. No. Right? So, so 
there are black affluent neighborhoods. There are black so. middle class neighborhoods. But what I'm saying is, whenever that question is brought up, white people automatically go to the ghetto. What question? I'm I'm confused. What question is the are, are you trying to answer now? We just was talking about the fucking uh I think you're losing your own point here. No, 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 no. We just were talking about the differences, like how, you know, like police police different neighborhoods and how um, there are different experiences. You asked me what I was afraid of. And this is what I'm telling you. Like my fears are different from your fears because you're you're fearing a thug in the street. But I'm fearing the police. No, but you said you would fear walking through that neighborhood just as much as I might. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Yeah. But that's what I asked you about our differences. I would I would be afraid of going through that neighborhood yeah. if I'm not from there. Yeah. But when I asked you, like wh- the example I gave you was the example of an affluent neighborhood. Like that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of having to deal with the police in this neighborhood because I know how it's going to go. You're afraid of dealing with a street thug. You're- our fucking... Fears are completely different. You play. I didn't. I didn't guide you to the hood. I asked you describe a neighborhood. I described the neighborhood. You automatically described a ghetto, North Philly. Yeah, you didn't that, describe that a I've black. been in that I walked through. Yeah, yeah, fine. And I, and I described affluent white communities that I walked through. Like you didn't. You didn't describe a black affluent community. You know, like I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? Uh, okay. Like it's it, that's a. That's, that's the point. That yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's how we've been conditioned to be like, oh, all right, blah blah blah. I actually, so, I still don't get the point, but I'm just gonna say I uh, am, so that it stops this. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to prove. Maybe when you go back and listen to this, you'll understand where I'm going. Maybe. But I'm just. But saying, to bring like, it back around to all lives matter thing. Mm-hmm. My point was 15 minutes ago. That <laughs> it's such an obvious statement. It's such mm-hmm. an obvious thing. Like, so if you said this twenty years ago, mm-hmm. everyone would say, "The fuck are you talking about?" Of course, all lives matter. Of course, Black Lives Matter. You're right. You know? But the and difference so, is, twenty years ago, everybody mm-hmm. wasn't aware of how alarming, like, like how many Black people were getting murdered. Like they, like you would hear about it. No, I get it. You might see something in print, but when you actually see the videos of the actual events happening, you know, now it's a little different. So yeah. Well, and now Black Lives Matter is a thing and it's been coined mm-hmm. and it's a movement and it's a group. Um, so it's in everyone's daily lexicon, you know, mm-hmm. so I could see where you think or where somebody saying all lives matter could sound petty. It's, but, not, but, so, it's but, not so much petty. It's more so that it was only brought up as to be confrontational understood. with Black Lives Matter. But can you, so to educate some people that might feel this question, mm-hmm. some white people, some politicians, mm-hmm. if they are so inclined to listen to this, mm-hmm. if you really believe that all lives matter, right? Somebody asks you about Black Lives Matter, because mm-hmm. this, this is how I do it. Mm-hmm. Of course, Black Lives Matter. There's nothing wrong with that. That's this all is we much to say. As anyone's life matters. That's that's the that's idea. Perfect. 
That's perfect. But the problem yeah. is they say all lives matter. They refuse to acknowledge they re- that there's a problem with the black community and policing in America. They that refuse little, to acknowledge that. So you're saying that little predication before saying the all lives matter could make the difference in the way that you would interpret somebody saying that. Yes. Words are very important. And the omission of one word would change a statement completely. Perfect example. I smell like ass. Sing it, brother. Right? Yeah. I smell ass. Completely different. I smell like shit. I smell shit. Mm -hmm. Completely different. One word, one small word completely changes the entire sentence meaning. The meaning of the entire sentence. Is very nuanced. Words by themselves are just that. They're just words. But when you string them together, the meaning of the words creates a phrase that change what each individual word mean. And the way you format that phrase, the way you put that sentence together, completely changes what each individual word is. So yeah, words are powerful. So when they say, uh, do you believe Black Lives Matter? It's either yes or no. Don't dance around and say all lives matter because that's completely different. If all lives matter, then why are you not paying attention to the black lives that are dying at an alarming rate. If all lives matter. If all lives matter, you should be paying attention to that. Like I said, when fire departments come on the block and the house is on fire, all these houses matter. But 2216, that's the one that's on fire. So that's the one that's going to get our fucking attention right now. Mm-hmm. It's very... You ever see a fire company say, oh, and you know what? And and just goes to show... When the house is on fire, not only do they spray that house down, because that was the one that needs the most attention, the houses next to it gets residual water too to make sure that the fire doesn't fucking spread. They don't just start at the end of the block and work their way down. They start with what's hurting right now, and then they go out to the next section to make sure it doesn't spread. Nobody's taking care of the house that's on fire. And right now, the house of the black man is on fucking fire. Period. But the problem is the solution isn't as easy as fighting a fire. The solution is so nuanced, so complicated. There's so many variables I'm involved. I'm not denying there. that. I'm not denying that. But you would never be able to get to a solution if you don't recognize that there is a problem. And there are people out there that refuse to recognize that there's a fucking problem. Point taken. Well said. Thank you. Yeah. You said it all. <sighs> God damn it. It's just like an old school. You watch that movie? You're my boy, Blue. You're my boy, Blue. Yeah, I, I watch those. It's when he goes up uh, de- on the debate with, with Harbaugh. I don't remember. I you don't seen remember that part? Uh, I mean, you just stayed up all night watching it, so. I did. I so just saw it. In your head. <laughs> so please enlighten us. Please jog my memory. Well, he's in a debate with, I think his name is John Harbaugh, that real bald-headed guy. He was a, a political pundit, um, you know, about a decade ago. He was real popular. Okay. And, uh, he's in a debate to win a 
competition to get back into a fret. Mm-hmm. And Will Ferrell answers the question perfectly. And John Harbaugh doesn't even have a an answer or a rebuttal. And he just goes, it's well said. I, uh, yeah, no response yeah, yeah. to that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a professional debater. <laughs> That's what he does. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> I gotta watch it again because I don't remember it. Uh, what else we got? Speaking of college. <laughs> what about college? I want to do a deep dive into the difference between your college experience mm-hmm. and my college experience. Are we talking about specifically or are we talking about culturally? Well, because you can't take both. my college experience because personally, I failed out of college. Oh. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't take college seriously. I didn't want to rack up a bunch of money paying back shit, so I flunked out. So I can I can speak culturally though. I you don't do want both. My, you don't want my personal experience. I do want your personal no, experience. I, I took college as a joke. I didn't I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. I was in my second year, still having declared a major, just racking up classes, racking up money, well, and fucking for what? Truthful, college is a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. It's a fucking joke. It's the biggest scam. In America. Yeah. It's a racket. So I feel bad because a lot of my friends went to college and they went to, they got their um, uh, bachelor's and they got their master's and they, they came out with like $100,000 worth of college debt, making 40 grand a year. Dude, I was, like, I dropped out. I was making like 60, 70 grand a year, like without a college education. Like, mm-hmm. fuck that. With $10,000 of student loans because- I was like, all right, I'm done with this shit. I'm out. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's I don't want. Not, I don't want to talk money, but it's like, that's not the worst decision. No, I'm not. I don't feel bad about it. No, I don't feel bad about it at all. Now, I do think college is important if you want to, um, progress your career, depending on whatever field you're in. Like right now, I feel like, in order for me to progress in my field, I need college. I need a. I need a degree. I need a degree, not college. So I decided to go back to school. But the shit I'm learning is not going to help me at all, like, in my field. Not even the least bit. It's just, I just need to get a piece of paper to say I'm able to compete with this next asshole next to me because he's got a degree. Exactly. Even though he's, I'm fucking four times better the employee than he is. Like, what the fuck? And most likely smarter. Oh, yeah. You going through college doesn't tell me anything mm-hmm. about your IQ your ability to function in a position. No. I know a lot of smart, dumb motherfuckers. I know a lot of people who got like bachelors and masters and they're fucking idiots and terrible at their job. And a lot. I don't want to say that. I say it. (laughs) I say Why do you always censor yourself? A lot lot of times these people, these people make supervisors and they're fucking terrible. (laughs) Like, how did you get promoted? You're fucking terrible. Because it's a system, man. Oh man, it's bad. It's bad. College, the biggest racket. Oh yeah, we've got going. I feel bad, and it's just. I knew somebody that was making. Um, I'm not going to say names, but they had a a hundred thousand dollars in undergrad loans, another fifty thousand dollars in masters, and they were only making like thirty thousand dollars a year when they got out. That's pretty typical that piece that of paper doesn't ridiculous. mean anything it doesn't mean anything 
You just paid $60,000 for a piece of paper to get yourself a $35,000 a year job. Terrible. It's terrible. You could have gone to trade school for free, okay? Gotten out, been an apprentice, making $65,000 a year, and within a couple years, you're making 100. That's crazy. Like, I don't hear anybody bitching about not getting those jobs. <laughs> Thanks. That's wild. You know? Yeah, that's terrible. I'm not, I'm not discouraging people from going to college. College was one of the best experiences in my life. Like, socially, about the it. people I met, the people I met, like some of my friends today are still my friends from college. You play ball there, right? I played ball, yeah. I played Did you get ball, a scholarship? No, I was D2. They didn't really give out scholarships. Well, not full, full ride scholarships, stuff like that. So it was all right. Uh, but I, I loved it. I loved playing ball. And I loved, I loved college. I enjoyed it. But it was, I was wasting my time. What the fuck am I doing here? Just partying and going out. Like that's what you did. It was a social experience. I uh I was just talking to a buddy today. Because I just watched old school. <laughs> 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 because it made me think about how easy college was. Dude, it was the easiest four years of my life. Hmm. And I look at the time, you're you get all stressed out about finals. Oh man, I gotta wake up at 10 o'clock. And go to class for an hour and a half today? Man, fuck that. That's yeah. too hard. I'm going to skip that class. And I'm going to party instead. <laughs> and you could do that and still I, get A's. I skipped a lot of classes. <laughs> so did I. I could do that and still get A's. You know, I, would, I would have like a paper due Monday morning, 8 a.m. class. I would not. I mean, I had like a month to do it. I'm part, fucking partying, going out. I would go to a party Sunday night. Like, party at three in the morning. The paper's not done. Of course. Come back drunk. <laughs> Pop no those. <laughs> Type a six, seven page paper. Turn it in an 8 a.m. class. Go to fuck home. And then I get a B. I get like a B minus. Yeah. And it's like, it's all all red ink. This misspelled. This fucked up. This wrong punctuation. All. If I had to put time into it, that B minus could have been an A. Like, it was easy. It was like, fuck it. I just didn't want it. I was like, I don't know. It was easy. But but yeah. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for my personality. But I'm glad I went though. I'm glad that I had the experience that I had and I'm glad that I met the people that I met. But So when did you funk out? Um my sophomore year. Sophomore year. All the way through? Like after your sophomore year, or did you funk out in the middle of it? The second semester of my fall, sophomore year. So was there a lot of black people at that school? No, I went to a school. It was like 10, 11,000 people. It was like maybe 150 black people. Wow. Yeah. And everybody was black, played sports pretty much. <laughs> like, oh, you're black. Oh, yeah, you're on the team. <laughs> it was football, basketball. Uh, you were either on the football team or the basketball team. There were black females too. Basketball, track. Uh, there were some people that didn't play sports, but... It wasn't really that much. I think it was like about 150, 200 some black people. It wasn't really that much. Did you guys hang out in a clique? Did you gravitate towards each other? Uh, the black people recognized each other. We hung out for the most part, but then it was still broken down to like sub cliques. There was a lot of frats and sororities. So you wasn't in the frats and sororities, and they kind of like the frats stayed with the frat. I mean, we went to the frat parties for sure, but the frats stayed with the frats. 
the football team stay with the football team, basketball team stay with the basketball team. Like everybody kind of like subdivided. So did you belong to a frat? No, no, no. I didn't really. I wasn't really about the frat life. Plus, I was playing ball. Like I didn't really have time to like. And the one frat that I thought about that ever that that if I ever was to be a frat or be in a frat, they didn't have. So was it an all black frat? Yeah, it was all black frat. Huh. Was it like in Road Trip? The movie Road Trip? <laughs> That's my only experience with a black frat. <laughs> you gotta you gotta rock with black frats, man. They're dope as shit. They are dope. Yeah? The frats and sororities. Why? Tell me. This Always culture. been curious about it. This is a community. This culture, community, this family. Like, I mean, they do dumb shit too, but they, but they're like, like a home away from home kind, of, like a brotherhood, a sisterhood, just like any other frat. But of course, you know, with flavor, with style, <laughs> better dancing. Like, like, like white frats don't they don't step. Black frats they step. What does that mean? Like, yeah, like they step. Like drill team step. That's a real thing. Yes, I only ever seen in movies. No, it's a real thing, bro. Don't don't yell at me like I got a lot of black friends. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But no, black frats, they step. Sororities, they step. Like even when I was in my freshman year, I wasn't in a frat, but I put a, together a step team for my uh myself and like five or six of my friends. So like we had a talent show. So I put together a step team for a talent show and we won our talent show. You know, so but we weren't really? we weren't a frat though. Yeah, we weren't a frat. Now could I be on your step team? If you could step. So it wouldn't matter if I was white. We didn't give a shit if you were white. That's the thing about black frats. There's white people in black frats. Not a lot. There's what? a few There's a f- few white people in black frats. No. Yeah. There's a few white people in black sororities. There's, there's white people in Hispanic sororities. Yeah. I thought you had to be black. They're historically, they're, they are historically black frats. So you got to understand, there are a lot of black only schools. That white people get mad and be like, black people got their own schools, their own the Lincoln University is one of them. Yeah. But they're historically black because white people wouldn't let us into the regular ones. Right. So we had to make our own. So the this frats and the schools and stuff like that that are historically black, they're not black only. They've never been black only. Only white people created institutions that were white only. Black people never created an institution that was black only. We created institutions that were historically black because white people wouldn't let us integrate with them. They wouldn't let us go to school with them. They wouldn't let us dance with them. They wouldn't let us go grocery shopping with them. Grocery shopping with them. We couldn't go to the same churches. We couldn't use the same bathrooms. We couldn't use the same water fountains. We could not do shit for white people but perform. Oh, it's exhausting. Do you remember the old show, American Bandstand? Yeah. Look at the shows. It was Greece. televised. White people could go there and dance. Black people couldn't go and dance. But guess what they could do? Shucking jive on stage. On stage, they can go and fucking sing their songs and dance for the white people to dance around to. But they couldn't They couldn't integrate and mingle with white people. Could they play the music? They could, could play the music band? all day long. They could play music, but they couldn't fucking, they couldn't go there. Is that considered shucking and driving? Playing music? Well, all that shit's shucking and driving. If, 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 if this is this is the fucking not definition, but if you are there for let's say white people specifically, 
because this is what we're talking about, and it doesn't just it isn't just limited for white. But if you are there for only for no other reason than entertainment purposes of other people, whether it's race, social status, or whatever, and they view you as nothing else but entertainment to laugh at, and for them to have a good time, you are shucking and fucking jiving, shucking and jiving. You keep I don't know why that terminology <laughs> it cracks me up. Shucking and jiving, bro. I'm fascinated. But yeah. So by people a white get mad, guy like, or a white fact, girl in an all black friend. It happens. It happens. It happens. You gonna make me jump through more hoops to get not, through that? Not any more than not any more than the next person. They probably give you a funny name like like uh like, brother glass of milk. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, because I'm the white guy, brother, brother Cotton Ball. <laughs> yeah, but the name, but the names were all like characteristic. Like they would be something about you, and they would give you a name. Like mine would be about character. my ears. I see you looking at my ears. I keep you keep going to my ears. Well, you're wearing headphones. I wasn't. You're just subconscious. I wasn't even looking at you. Yeah. That's what's fucked up about it. But you might get a name like Brother Dumbo or some shit like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You got to ask people who are in frats how they get their names. But they all have very specific, very characteristic names. And it's their line name. So What's, what's a line name? So, so I don't want to speak on frats because I don't have the education on frats and sorority. Yeah, I'm not a frat guy. But once, you, once you're pledging for a frat or sorority, uh, that's, like you, you have to cross a line to get into... The sorority or fraternity, which means like, which was you know we used to look upon as. Now we look upon as hazing, like mm. there's certain things you got to do, and the people who you are pledging with are called your line brothers. It's the ones you stand in line with. You're on the other, basically like the other side of the line of a sorority or fraternity. I don't want to speak on it because I'm ignorant to it, so mm. I don't want to say the wrong things and somebody like you don't know what you're talking about. I do not know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to give slim. A basic understanding of what the line is for sororities and fraternities. I don't know the actual terminology, terminolo- terminology yeah. or definition, but those are the group of people that you that you cross over into the fraternity or sorority with. There's a lot of shit you got to do. It's like you got to learn like the Greek alphabet. You got to learn the history of that sorority, fraternity, or sorority fraternity, or you got to learn. There's a lot of shit that you got to do. It's like an initiation phase. Mm-hmm. So. A pledge. Yeah, pledge. Yeah. yeah. I don't know all this stuff, so I don't want to talk about it. Again, fraternities, sororities, I don't, I'm not 100% sure. Like I said, I never pledged, so I'm trying to give basic knowledge. So if I'm off, you know, uh, forgive me for being off. But write in, send a comment, askablackguy.com. Go send a comment. Tell me, you know, what it is or how it is, how much you can talk about it. Because a lot of it is secretive. You can't really, you're not supposed to know. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is true. Yeah, I'm not a frat guy at all. I uh, I got my ass kicked once by a frat. Oh, we by got like some an bikes. entire frat. So one frat when I was in college, uh, we had a guy who, who played uh, football with us. Real good football player. He actually went off NFL. Short dude, like five four, fast as shit, jump like nobody's business. So we're all at the football house one day, and he's at the uh, frat house so all the frats used to live in one section it was called frat row 
Like the white frats lived over here. The black frats lived somewhere else in town. So this happened to be one of the white frats on Frat Row. And there was some racist shit that went up there, like went on up there a couple times. Um, and uh, one of our players were at this party and uh, he was drinking beer and he goes, and one of the frat brothers came to him like, yo, get out of our party. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, we don't want no niggers drinking our beer. Oh. He said, what? He just went right into it. Yeah, he said, yeah, we don't want no niggers drinking our beer. Wow. So he was like, right, now mind you, he's in their house, their frat house. It's like 10 of them. So 15 of them. He's, he's either going to stay in his ground and get rolled. Yeah, so he's like, all right, no problem. He left. He came back to the football house. We just happened to be there. I didn't live there. It was only like, the football house is called the Bricks. Because <laughs> the, the apartments was made, you know, that's how the apartments are. So, uh, you know, it was like eight of us just there. And then, and there's one little section. But upstairs was the football house too. So it was like another six or seven people up there. So he came back and told us the story. We was like, what? So we, yo, gathered up. Now the football team. That's a posse. Black, white. We even had a dude from Hawaii on our team. Like, like, but we all fuck with each other. It wasn't no, like, my my team. Like, there's a lot of dudes that were like, you probably consider like rednecks or hillbillies. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Midwestern kind of like mm-hmm. Midwest corn farm boys. Yeah, yeah, corn. Yeah, like, but we all fucked with each other. I mean, heavy. Like. You fuck with one, you fuck with all of us. Like it, it is yo. Like I, so I didn't have to get in the fraternity because I had my football boys. Like we was all, yeah. we were all family. Yo, we strolled the frat house like 15, 16 deep. He went back, knocked on the door. The bull opened the door, looked at him. We kicked the fucking door in, and and you did what? Commenced to rectifying the situation that was set ahead prior. Was it a brawl? Did it spill out outside? For legal reasons, I will not say. But <laughs> we didn't have that problem on any other campus ever, anywhere else on campus ever again. Anybody? Ever. You get in trouble for that? All I'm saying, the party was shut down. <laughs> I mean, that kid was an asshole. Oh, right? a few of them were. Did he? Did he pay for that? Okay. Fair enough. Again, that party was shut down <laughs> upon our immediate return. And um, that's all I'm saying about that. Hmm. Yeah. Now, what do you think would have happened if cops got called there? Oh, cops weren't very nice. So I had, a, you- I had a friend who was a running back who was up front row one night prior to this. And he got into a, a fight argument with like these white dudes they hit him with a bottle in his eye called him called him a nigger mm. and then he told the cops and the cops just basically told him to go home they didn't give a fuck about him cut his eye open what the fuck yeah this is like 2002 2003 and nothing happened to him nothing now you did go to college in the sticks though yeah you were out there upstate pennsylvania what made you what made you go there because I didn't want to go to college. And one day I was at, at the table eating dinner and my, my dad goes, so you're about to graduate. I'm like, yeah. He goes, so what college are you going to? I'm like, what? College? Bro, I just did 12 years. I'm not going to no college. What's wrong with you? 
He goes, like I said it just like that, but not like bro. But I'm like, I'm like, I just did 12 years. I'm not going to college. This is my senior year. He goes, oh, okay. I understand. Well, um, so what college are you going to? I'm like, oh, this is an option. <laughs> so I literally went to school the next day. I filled out one application and uh, I fucking got accepted. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> so I had to go. And which is weird because my coach was very instrumental and uh, my football coach was very instrumental in our academic career, like to the point where he would go around to classes and talk to teachers to see if we were, our grades were on point. And if our grades weren't passing, we couldn't play. That was the school standard. But my coach had another standard. It wasn't just passing. You need to be attending. You need to be active. You need to be like, not just C's, but you need to have B's and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, you're not, you got to be better than everybody else. And they pushed, they pushed school. I mean, they pushed college good. and post-education, you know? And it was the point where on game day, my coach was like, we used to wear jerseys. My coach was like, no, you don't wear jerseys. You wear a shirt and ties. Everybody put a shirt and a fucking tie on, and you be in school with a shirt and tie. That way you are marked. Everybody know who you are. Your behavior needs to be above the, ha- the behavior of That's any good. other student. You need to carry yourself. Like, my coach is not playing. Coach Damon Smash Warren was very instrumental in how I turned out today. It's and a good I culture. appreciate everything it did. He sounds like a good leader. Yeah, he's a very good, very good coach, very good leader. A very good male role model. I I, I was lucky enough to have my father in my life, uh, but a lot of my friends weren't. And Coach Warren definitely stood as like a father figure, a positive father figure. And he didn't, he didn't mind. He'll cut your ass out. And if he had to put his foot in your ass, he'd put his foot in your ass. Like, and he got our respect. And uh, so I appreciated that. So, so that was really the first conversation you ever had about college with your dad. Yeah, that's how that went down. Yeah, dude. So there's a big difference, right? Yeah. Like, it wasn't even an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just this. You're going to college. Oh, like, that's it. Mm. I wanted to go into the military. Mm. I wanted to go to the military too. And the Marines called my house. Yeah. They came to the school. I was as recruiters. Yeah. They called my house. My dad was like, listen, let this be the last time you call this goddamn house. Like, <laughs> he didn't curse, but he was like, let this be the last time you call this house. All right. He ain't going to the military, which I'm glad because now that was like right around 9 11. So, me too. I probably wouldn't be here. I was, I remember sitting in class, 11th grade, watching 9 11 happen. But that's what made me want to sign up. Yeah. One of the reasons. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that made me want to sign up, but I, but I was thinking about going to the military. The my ass would have been dead. No, my luck. Yeah. I would have caught one. As soon as I stepped off the plane. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy. You know, like I just, but I remember sitting in the recruiting chair in mm-hmm. the Naval recruitment office. And uh, I was about ready to sign those papers. The old man wouldn't let me. Yeah, my dad, he told him, don't call this house no more. Yeah. I was like, all right, I get it. It wasn't even an option to uh, not go to college. And I was told that from the time I was old enough to understand. You're just going to college. That's just what you do. Yeah. Did you, did you get that? I can't remember. I don't think so. My my sisters were bad growing up, so my parents had to focus a lot of attention on my sisters. <laughs> I was a good kid. I didn't really get that much attention. I mean, I'm pretty sure my parents intended for that to happen, and I thought – 
And I think that they thought because I was just doing well in school, like that's just where it was going. I didn't want to go to college. I'm glad they made me though. Did your sisters I'm, go? No. No. Oh, actually, not not right out of high school. Like my my one sister, she went back. My one sister's a nurse now. My other sister, she just graduated. I want to say uh, maybe two years ago. She so they went to college. They, they went. just didn't go right after. They high didn't school. just go right after. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, actually, one with the nursing school. My other sister went to college. So yeah. Yeah. Now I'm back. Yeah. Yeah, you and I hate it. I still hate it. I hate it. You hate school. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. A fucking waste. I keep saying I want to go back, get my master's degree. Well, here's the thing. I just that's another thirty thousand dollars. That forty thousand dollars. You don't know if you're gonna get anything out of that. I'm planning on going to law school. So that's the only reason why I'm going back, just to finish it all the way through and go to law school. Other than that, I really don't give a shit. And everything else I'm doing right now is just wasting my fucking time. It's really wasting my time. I wish I could just go straight to law school because the rest of the shit is wasting my fucking time. Every class, wasting my time. Wasting my money. Wasting my fucking time. Learning absolutely nothing but bullshit. Look at all the things we're learning doing this podcast together. Yeah. I learned more during the podcast than I ever did in college. <laughs> What's well, a small business? Operating this is like a small business. Yeah, no shit. It costs us a lot of fucking money. A lot of fucking money. Anytime we turn around, we got to buy new mics. New mics. Marketing these... dollars. Marketing. Computers. Speaking of marketing, if you guys are hungry, go to Old Brother and get a cheesesteak, 206 Market Street. Best cheesesteaks in Old City. Best french fries in Old City. Hands down, you can't beat it. Go to Old Brother, 206 Market Street. Philadelphia, PA, 19106. Old brother. And tell him, ask a black guy sent you. Slim and Smooth sent you over to get some food from Old Brother. Yeah. They specialize in cheesesteaks and exotic french fries. I just had a burger there a couple uh-huh. days ago. Took some buddies there. Delicious burger. Mm-hmm. Fresh Dude, I you, ingredients. I a, That's the key. I, I had a... Uh, yeah, they do fresh ingredients. Made to order. Every every day. And they don't... And they don't uh, no leftovers or nothing. So I told you, I had one cheesesteak spot in the city that I swore hands down was my favorite cheesesteak. And I had the Old Brother cheesesteak. Yo, it's real. You got to get an Old Brother cheesesteak. Get one and then go on our Instagram and tell us what you like about it. How did you like it? Uh, We'll post the Old Brother picture on Instagram. And then uh, you guys tell us what you like, what you got. Tell us the sandwich you got. If you got a cheesesteak or you got a burger. Or we got one of those exotic fries. I had the um, the garlic palm truffle fries. So fucking good. So check that out. Write into the comments on Instagram. Let us know what you got, when you went, how'd you like it. And then uh, just, you know, so we can share it with everybody else. So you know we're not bullshitting. And if it wasn't good, I definitely wouldn't put my name behind it. But go to Old Brother. Definitely check them out. Tell them uh, Slim and Smooth sent you. Ask a black guy. I will tell you to high five the cashier, but the... Uh, COVID-19, you probably don't want to <laughs> want to be touching anybody. So, it is what it is. Hmm. What do you think? We got time for another short topic? Yeah, we got time. You want to sh- shut her topic. down? No, another short topic. All right. This was a uh, another write-in request. 
Actually, mm-hmm. it's a good uh, transition because you were just talking about COVID. Oh, yeah, there we go. Masks, particularly masks on women. Mm. And he posed the question, is this a turn on? Uh, can it be confusing to see if the woman's attractive? Right? Mm. And so he wanted to see what our take was on this. Well, it's very uh, tricky because the eyes, all you have now is just the makeup. And the eyes can be made up very nice. And you can think she's attractive. But I'm going to tell you what drastically changes an appearance of a person, male or female. One thing. That's a tooth. (laughs) (laughs) If a motherfucker is missing one tooth. It's the difference. It's the difference between a good-looking woman and a straight-up hillbilly. Even men, even men, <laughs> or more a motherfucker dude. missing one tooth. You'll never know. No, you You'll pull that mask off, oh. and there's some jacked-up girl. One tooth. Oh man, a whole tooth. One tooth, or an entire mouth of fucked-up teeth. Well, a whole mouth of teeth is you just doomed. But one tooth will make or break a person. I'm telling you. <laughs> You fuck around. It's so true. I, I know it is. I think people get a pass. I do. With the mask, men, women alike, I think the mask does more favors than it does hmm. harm Yikes. on a one to, tail, one to ten scale mm. of attractiveness. Yeah, Would you I'll, agree with that? Uh, what do you think on average you get? Two know. points? I don't know. I can't tell. I really can't tell. If you're a five. But then what you got to deal with. Are too, you a seven? Like, you get the women that get. If you if you try to talk to them like I got a mask on. You can't even tell what I look like. It's like women who go outside in sweatpants and t-shirts and ratty hair. And like I look like mess. Why would you even try to talk to me? What you don't understand about men. Is when we look at women. We look at the potential. We see what you are now. But we, we also get the potential of what you could be. If you get dressed up, throw a little makeup on, whatever. So we like, oh, there's, there's, there's a lot of potential here. Women look at a guy like, you fucking bum. Be rid of me. How dare you? Woo. You slob. And they cross the street. Like, oh, shit. All right. That's cool. So. Well, do you... I mean, I nobody prefers it. But... Well, for you, you're, you're a single guy. Mm-hmm. You know, does it affect your game at all? Does it affect who you talk to or try to hook up with? What the mask? The mask. Yeah. Has any has anything changed? I'm out of the dating game. But so let me let me address this before this gets out of control. <laughs> could you could you call me single? I am talking to somebody. Right okay. now, but you've been single for most of the time I've known you. But I, I'm talking to somebody right now. I don't want it to come across as like, you know, oh, Slim said I was single, and I just let it ride. Like, well, I, I'm in the process of talking to somebody right now. Uh, so yeah, uh, so I just want to clarify that because I, I don't want in trouble. But what are you what are you talking about? I'm just saying, would it change your game at all? The, what, mask? the mask, yeah. Is it a turn on? Is it a turn off? 
Well, what I found, um, you here's more the, the thing. Eyes? There's, there's a, it's very difficult to talk to somebody who's wearing a mask because the mask itself is a physical barrier saying, don't come close to me. Don't talk to me. They're letting you know, I don't want to be approached by anybody. So what a lot of people have a hard it. time doing is you have to read body language. And women are professional, um, what's the word? I'm more, linguists, I guess, when it comes to body language. If they want your attention, you will know. Mask on or mask off. So the mask itself is a barrier. Um, if you see a woman with a mask on, not to the she doesn't give a shit. She doesn't want to fucking talk to you. But she'll give you signs if she wants you to talk to her or not. But you got to be able to pick up on them. So... I would say no. If they're wearing a mask, just leave them the fuck alone. But if they pull the mask down a little bit, or they do something to like, you would know. They would. Women are good at sending signals. Men are just fucking idiots at picking up on them. They tell you if they 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 let you know if they're interested, and they let you know when they're not interested. If she doesn't make eye contact. She looks down to the ground. She's not interested. You know what I mean? She crosses the street. She's not fucking interested. Don't cross the street after her. <laughs> Don't follow her. Yeah, like now if you guys are in a market, she's in the mask, you were in the mask, and you strike up conversation, and now she starts to like, I'm gonna say flirt, but you know the conversation is going back Engage. and forth. It's not just you. Yeah, she's actually actively engaging. Then you might have a chance, but you don't just not with the mask on. Just leave it the fuck alone. I find that uh, I'm a pretty sarcastic person. I don't know if you know that or not. Oh, I'm very sarcastic. I'm an <laughs> asshole. Of course you know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, a lot of my sarcasm, if I'm wearing the mask, is lost on people. That normally, people can pick up on it. But there's something about wearing the mask, so it must be, I don't know, my facial expressions, a mm. smile, a smirk, something I do, that when I'm wearing a mask, my sarcasm falls flat. You know, mm. um, now I am a dick too, and that sarcasm plays a part in that. But uh, I find that people don't pick up on my sarcasm, sarcasm as much, and I cannot pick up on other people's conversational mm. cues too. It's very difficult. It's probably because you're focused on something else. It's probably because now you're just focused on the mask instead of the actual I interaction do. with the person. I stare at the mask. I don't even look at their eyes a lot of time. I find myself doing that. I hate masks. I really do. Mm. I want this whole thing to stop. I got to go back to living a normal life. This is just not, it's not conducive to a healthy lifestyle. No, I hear you. Socially, physically. It's horrible. No, I agree. That's where we at right now. So, till we get over it, we'll stop with the mask. I refuse to believe that. I don't like your laissez-faire attitude. Okay? All right, well, don't fucking wear your mask. Uh, what do you want me to say? My body, my choice. Okay? Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> uh, you know what? I respect that. So, if that's what you choose to do... By all means, sir, that is your choice. <laughs> all I know is you and I have been doing this fucking podcast now all through COVID. Yeah. 
And neither one of us have ever worn a mask while we've been doing this. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and I'm fine. But I had a You're couple fine. cousins catch COVID, though. I think I had it. I think you had it, too. I think, I don't think I don't 150 think I million I don't people had it in this country. Probably. I don't, I don't, I don't think I had it. I would have known. I bet you did. I don't get sick. Like, and then when I do get sick, it's bad. That I think you sick. had it. You didn't even know you had it. Because I don't think it's that bad. That could be. I, so I had two cousins. One who's asthmatic. She had COVID. She was asymptomatic. But my other cousin, who's not asthmatic, she was went through the fucking ringer. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's not real. It's a thing. But, and they uh, work at the same place. So they probably caught it on the same fucking day from the same person. And that means you probably had it. You were around him. No, I wasn't around him. You were around him. No, I wasn't around him. Don't bullshit. I just said I wasn't around him. It's just me and you here. Motherfucker, I was not around him. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Jeez. Classic white guy. Hear what you want to hear. What? What? <laughs> Jeez. You make it too easy sometimes. You make loving you easy. Zach Brown Band. You make loving you all. Is that, I like country music, just to let you know. What? Is that one of the bands you listen to to break down the white barrier? Make people yeah, feel comfortable around you? Yeah, a lot of country you? music. Yeah, <laughs> especially when I was down south. Like, listen. <laughs> I, I like I like Zach Brown. Zach, Zach Brown Band, bro. Well, you know, whatever. I like Zach Brown, man. They're good. Their foundation albums one of my favorite favorite albums. You know how I really like uh, I've listened to a lot recently? Gary Clark Jr. I talked to you about them? No. Yeah, he's a black guitarist. Mm-hmm. He he rivals Jimi Hendrix. Like he uh, is legit. Is it rock? Huh? He's rock? What are you saying? He's rock, like rock and roll? Uh yeah, with like a southern rock feel to it. And he kind of breaks into R and B a little bit. Gary What's Clark his name Jr. It's fantastic. Gary Clark Jr. Yeah, check him out. All right, I'll check him out. I like uh, I like you music. would like him. All right, yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, on that note, folks. Yeah. Let's end it. We need a we need a outro. My outro is going to be. Visit us on our website, mm. askablackguy.com. Listen Follow to us, us on Spotify. Subscribe. We just hit a thousand subscribers, so I'm happy about that. Or we're, we're over, we're over a thousand subscribers now. We're like twelve fifty now. Which is nice. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're gonna have merchandise coming soon. We're getting that situated. Yeah, working on that this week. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So a lot of new things to look forward to. And I appreciate you coming on this journey with us. Anything else? No, I wasn't expecting you to go down that road. Appreciate you going on this journey with us. But see, that's my sarcasm. Oh. Didn't come through? But but you're not wearing a mask. (laughs) Talking on a fucking radio show. (laughs) We'll figure it out, people. We'll we'll get right. Promise. Maybe we start filming. People get my sarcasm. Hmm. We need a studio to film. By my smart ass facial expressions. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. That means you actually got to get dressed.
not wear sweatpants. I would like sweatpants. Like I record sweatpants and a t-shirt. And yes, they're gray sweats for you perverts. All right, everybody. Until next time. See you. Again, folks, this episode of Ask a Black Guy is brought to you by our brand new partners and sponsors, Stateside Vodka. Absolutely, Stateside Vodka is the fastest craft spirit growing company in Pennsylvania. And better than that, they're actually stationed in Philadelphia. Did you know that? They're in Kinsden, Old Kinsden, 1700 North Hancock. That's right. It is potentially. The smoothest vodka I've ever drank in my life. No yeah, bullshit. No shit. It's distilled seven times, bro. So to get put it into perspective, Great Goose is distilled five times. Ciroc is distilled five times. This costs half both those bottles, and it's distilled seven times. Sing this, it, brother. This is smoother than oils on a baby's ass sliding on a glass of ice in the wintertime. And I know something about smooth. This shit is gluten-free, and it's with minerals and electrolytes. The same amount of electrolytes as Gatorade. So you can drink and be taken care of, hydrated, and, you know, be drinking. You can't beat that. Stateside vodka. You got to get some. Absolutely. You buy it online right now, which is one of the few ways to actually purchase this due to COVID. They are doing delivery and pickup. All you got to do Go online, statesidevodka.com, type in our promo code, AABG10, AABG10 at checkout, and you will get a 10% off coupon. Roboto Vodka. Stateside Vodka. This is definitely the smoothest vodka I've ever tasted in my life. You guys definitely need to jump on it and try it out. And then comment on the show. Let us know how you like it. All right, folks, check it out. Stateside Vodka. Stay hydrated.